Listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. My name is Roy. I've been on just a little while now, since six, and I'm just getting off. Stay tuned for Gray Matters comes on at six thirty, which is now, uh, and it'll be good. So, thanks for listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor.
And I'm Jim Dwyer. Jim's looking mighty professional there with his tie. This yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works here some hockey. Anyway. Uh, unemployment numbers out again. Uh, a little bit of a decline today in the stock market after a couple of weeks. Oh, apparently I'm being told to switch mics by our engineer Andrew, so I will do so. We're going to try mic five here. I know we had a band in here yesterday. In fact, there's evidence of it. There's a leftover tambourine. But I think the uh, Balkan band that was on <laughs> Yeltsin's show uh, may have left behind. Microphone's askew. Mics are askew. That maybe that was the dead mic that one of the members had to deal with yesterday. Anyway, unemployment uh, numbers came out again, and the unemployment rate went up. Uh, very troubling numbers. We've had a little mini rally in the stock market the last couple of months. That uh, strikes me as mysterious. Uh, a little mini crash today, but in any event... Uh, I think what's troubling about these numbers, and uh, it's interesting that Dean Baker, formerly of Ann Arbor, is uh, quoted uh, in the uh, New York Times Saturday edition article by Peter Goodman and Jack Healy. Dean Baker is the co-director of the Center for Economic and Policy Research in Washington. Uh, it's sort of a left-wing think tank, and uh, he is now even appearing more frequently on uh, shows like... Uh, Rachel Maddow, and, mm -hmm. and uh, I've even seen him on PBS a number of times. <clears throat> anyway, 539,000 jobs disappeared in the economy in April. Um, oddly enough, on Friday, there was a stock mar market rally in response to this. Uh, Dean Baker is quoted as saying, This is a really, really horrible in any normal context. This isn't recovery. It's a slowing recession in any other time than the recession we're in, we'd be appalled by these numbers. February's net uh, jobs were revised upward to 681,000. March's net uh, losses were revised up to 699,000. And the rise in the unemployment rate from 8.5% uh, in March was mostly because more people began seeking jobs who had previously been unemployed. It's interesting, by the way, that uh, among the jobless, 27.2% were unemployed for more than six months, the highest figure since the government began tracking such data in 1948. Um, 5.7 million jobs have uh, disappeared since the recession began in uh, December of 2007. The latest job report serves as a catalog of household grief. Manufacturing jobs declined by 149,000. Employment in professional and business services, 122,000. Construction shed, another 110,000. Finance and insurance shrank by 25,000. Healthcare added 17,000. And government payrolls expanded by 72,000. And incidentally, it's important to realize that um, the Census Bureau began uh, hiring. Uh, this past uh, m uh, month, and it was widely reported that they hired about 60,000 new people. Hmm. And without those hirees, uh, private sector payroll 
numbers dipped by 611,000. So these are staggeringly bad numbers. Uh, there's no other way to spin the data. And obviously there needs to obviously by our leaders be some measure of uh, concern, but uh, hopefulness or optimism. Um, and I think Obama's done a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Over. Yeah, sober is is really the key word here. Uh, there's always a way to to spin numbers, though, unfortunately. And there's just to throw a few more numbers at the listeners here. This from a article by uh, Krishna Guha over the uh, weekend in Financial Times. Uh, his lead sentence is an attempt to sort of magnify this potential for optimism. I suppose the the U.S. economy lost fewer jobs in April than in March. Right. Which is true, but this is not, um, he continues, uh, but with more than half a million gone, the rate of job destruction was still very high by historic standards. Indeed, the figure of 539,000 jobs lost was the seventh worst number in half a century. Of the six that were worse, five were the months of November 2008 through March 2009. Mm -hmm. Um so uh, you'd have to go back, he says further on in the article, to December 1974 when the U.S. economy lost 602,000 jobs to find a worse month for U.S. employment. And by contrast, the worst month of the 1980 recession, the Reagan recession, as it's sometimes remembered around here, uh, the economy only lost 431,000 jobs. So uh, they are pretty bad numbers, and one hopes that this you know, month worth of uh, decline in job loss is the beginning of a trend, but you can't really save for another month. Well, you can't. And, you know, there are some other troubling numbers. It's interesting, by the way, that the teen unemployment rate is, uh, I mean, this is, oh, wait, I'm, I miss, yeah, yeah, 21.5% um, for teenagers, 15% uh, amongst African Americans, 21%. Uh, for teenagers and 9.4% for adult men. So there are a lot of problems. And a lot of older folks are uh, going back to work and uh, or are continuing to work beyond when they thought they would, and that makes it hard for teenagers. Yeah, because, you know, the retirement system has been pulled out from under the rug of, of everybody, and, and it's interesting, and even these auto bailout... Um, Really, they're they're essentially switching the the, the entire equity package uh, onto the UAW of all things. They're actually the majority owner of Chrysler now, mm -hmm. and uh, that is probably not a good thing. At the end of the day, um, Ron Gettelfinger was quoted as saying that uh, you know, well, we have to accept option two because option one will not happen, and uh, obviously there. At some point, will be some benefit from the stimulus package, but um, it's it's very troubling. Uh, some other things that are continuing to occur. It's interesting that last uh, Monday's Wall Street Journal reported that nearly 30 percent of U.S. homeowners now owe more on their mortgage than their homes are worth, and they have some percentages of negative equity in some cities and. Most of these, by the way, are in California, but Las Vegas, 67% of houses uh, are, quote, underwater. Phoenix, Arizona, which is one of the top 10 cities in America in terms of population, 41%. Orlando, which, of course, is home of Disney World. 
And just in 40, case 41% listeners mishear, uh, you use the phrase underwater. Yeah. That's the metaphoric term for below, you know, beyond fixing. It's not- you, you basically owe more on your house than it's worth in the market. So it's, uh, it's a troubling development. And obviously, we've seen during this Bush economy that Obama is having to deal with. Um, and this, of course, is the, the meltdown that continues from the financial mess, the banking crisis, um, the, literally the collapse in auto, uh, global auto industry, uh, with the exception of China, which is the one area of the world that's uh, uh, continuing to actually grow auto, jo- uh, auto uh, sales. But uh, the rest of the world is in big trouble. And um, this, I think, it is fair to say, is the worst uh, post-war World War II crisis economically, globally, that we've had or experienced. And, of course, it's been promoted by easy money, too much lending, poor lending, you know, masters of the universe on Wall Street uh, creating these complex derivatives. And it's very troubling when you start seeing other, you know, entire sectors of the economy um, basically walking on eggshells. The newspaper industry is, is, is a very palpable example. And I think that it's uh, very troubling. And incidentally, by the way, there's a, a book fair here in Ann Arbor this weekend. And I'm going to try and make it to a couple of the panel discussions. But I noticed they have a specific panel discussion about the future of newspapers uh, over at the Michigan Union on Saturday. Hmm. That's the sort of the street book fair that goes on all day. All right. uh, and I would uh, encourage uh, people to go out there, check out the booze, talk to writers and or people in the publishing industry. They have, uh, I know, an, also a panel discussion on books. I should have brought the exact schedule in with me, but I know it's at the Hussey room in the Union on Saturday, the newspaper discussion specifically. I think it be- begins at noon, so uh might want to check that out. So, um, you know, this little rally on Wall Street is... I think somewhat troubling because the spin on it is, quote, the news isn't as bad as we thought it would be, Hmm. but it's still plenty bad. And uh, as Paul Krugman. How bad did we think it was going to be? Well, wittily puts it, uh, Wall Street has predicted five of the last six recoveries. Um, And needless to say, the all time high on Wall Street was November of 2007, right when. The recession was, quote, officially starting, though I would argue it's been going on for quite some time, and uh, the numbers have been cooked uh, by various people for various reasons. And uh, Well, yeah, as a matter of routine throughout the Bush years, uh, you would go over those yeah. job reports as they were issued, sure. and uh, they were very calculated in both the dis distribution of those numbers and the way in which the numbers were shifted on the page shifted on the page uh, corresponding with uh, midterm elections presidential elections and every other election that the republicans could think of uh dick cheney back uh as the public face of the republican party um i've just been Delving into the uh, Ron Suskind book, The Way of the World, A Story of Truth and Hope in an Age of Extremism. It's an interesting narrative, but I think uh, on the uh, actual portion right now where they're reviewing the so-called Downing Street memo and what is uh, amazing to 
you know, and this was obviously discussed when this book first came out several months ago, is to learn that George Bush, when told that there were no weapons of mass destruction by British and Iraqi intelligence sources directly, in person, briefed by high-ranking intelligent officials and assets, pretty much said, I don't care. Uh, it's an FCC violation of what he said, but he pretty much said, frigate, we're going in anyway. And when you learn this, the callousness with which, uh, and of course the torture memos. Reckless disregard. Just unbelievable. Uh, no apologies, no acknowledgement of falsification, outright fraud, and a determination to institute regime change in Iraq in spite of the evidence the intelligence, and the advice. And Dick Cheney, Vice, Darth Vader, the man behind Toro, Toro, <laughs> orchestrating a lot of the cooking of the books regarding intelligence, continues to uh, publicly denounce people uh, in the Republican Party, and has become, as one expert put it, Obama's chief critic. And... Uh, I don't know if they can make a little longer rope out of all the hemp that's being grown these days. But uh, I think they should keep sending Dick Cheney more rope. Well, he seems to... Uh, so we'll just give him a brain damage. Reel it off yard for, for just yard. Continuing to disregard the Republican Party brand. Of course, he denounces Colin Powell and... Um, says that uh, Rush Limbaugh is his his model man, his major major, <laughs> his man uh, in a uniform. Miss, Mr. Big Stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, well, gee, I don't know if uh, Rush just might uh, consider throwing his uh, hat into his the ring. Tuchus. His tuchus into the ring. And I'm sure they could scrape up uh, John Angler back out of the private sector for that carnival of yahoos. Um, but hearing you mention the uh, the Downing Street memo and Bush's, you know, disregard for the lack of weapons of mass destruction reminds me that not only has, you know, Pakistan continued to, it's basically, let's call it what it is, incipient civil war yeah. in Pakistan. That's one of the consequences of Bush's uh, drive for regime change in Pakistan. But to go back to the weapons of mass destruction uh Ballyhoo. Over the weekend, there was a lot of attention in the media paid to uh, Obama's uh, witticisms and quips at the uh, what's become an, an sort of an annual tradition uh, to have the president speak. Oh, at right. The, uh, the correspondence dinner. Correspondence yeah. dinner. And I'm not sure where that uh, tradition begins. If that's Kennedy was famous for being witty on his feet. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that sort of tradition precedes his presidency, but it's become something of a tradition. And uh, a few comments I'd make in a moment about uh, potential repercussions for some of uh, Obama's quips. But thinking back to Bush and the weapons of mass destruction, remember the, the photos they took of him sure. looking around under his room. desk, <laughs> under his desk. Indeed, there were weapons of mass destruction. They were on the top of his desk. But just the utter he was the weapon of mass destruction mendacity and just the sheer moxie. Yeah. To, to actually stage those photos uh, and make such light of 
another stage thing, which was the false, you know, falsification of uh, reasons causes belly. Yeah. Uh, belly. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it's just, ah, it just makes you want to scream in rage that the guy could be so <sighs> mendacious. Yeah. And clueless and insensitive. And yeah, the more we learn. And, you know, it's, it's also very troubling. I want to give Pete Hoekstra of Michigan a brain damage award. He's the ranking House Republican on the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee. And they have made a sort of backhanded attempt to somehow link Nancy Pelosi to being briefed about torture. Uh, this is not the case. Uh, of course, I'm sure that callers into Rush Limbaugh's show over the last couple of days are outraged that Miss Pelosi is involved. Well, they're probably outraged that she'd be hypocritical about it and say that she's against it. When uh, is that what they're trying to do? That's what like, they're trying to do. She's really she was for it, but she's pretending to be against it. Yeah, and they're trying to basically claim that she was briefed, she was told, and in fact, this doesn't seem to be the case at all. She was one of the people briefed. It's interesting, by the way, the photograph that they have accompanying this article. Uh, and, you know, I, I can recognize some of these people. Um, a few others I can't because I can only see the backs of their head. But starting with Condoleezza Rice, I see Condi, Tom DeLay, Nancy Pelosi, Dick Armey, uh, Pete Domenici, Dennis Hastert, W, Tom Daschle, Trent Lott, Harry Reid, and Bob Graham. The other people I, d- I just can't recognize because their faces are either too small or I'm looking at the back of their heads. But, um, so this was the briefing that they're talking about. Um, Torture was not discussed at this briefing. What was discussed, according to Pelosi, who apparently was in Jordan on some sort of public relations, you know, diplomacy mission, talking with leaders over there. I seem to remember that. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, that was over the weekend when... Pete Hoekster tried to exploit this issue, said, of the 40 CIA briefings to Congress reported recently in the press, I was only briefed once on September 4th of 2002. And as I have previously stated, she said, I was, quote, briefed on interrogation techniques that the administration was considering using in the future and that the techniques were determined to be legal. This has nothing to do with the torture that had already occurred. (laughs) In other words, they were not briefed on torture. They were briefed on interrogation techniques that Bush had determined that were legal and that this was going on. So I think it's a big stretch to claim that Nancy Pelosi knew of torture and somehow remained silent about it. Leaving aside all the, you know, complicated issues about (laughs) classification and breaking laws if she were to reveal right. this to the press and all that nonsense. So uh, this, once again, shows how desperate they are, the Republican Party, that is, to somehow implicate Nancy Pelosi in this torture nonsense that continues to trickle out. And uh, inquiring minds want to know. Well, perhaps uh, this is their belated recognition that the entire uh, torture agenda carries with it a taint uh, you know that just once you're fixed with it, you can't shake. Uh, and indeed, that is, of course, what was done to the nation's reputation by the employment of uh, these policies. So, 
they learn so late and so little, uh, it seems, the Republicans. Um, and just for the record, Abu Zubay had been waterboarded 83 times in August of 2002. So as the authors, Scott Shane and Carl Hulse note, so any objection from Ms. Pelosi at the first congressional briefing on September 4th would have come too late to prevent the use of a method considered by many legal scholars and many human rights advocates to be torture. Uh, why the, in this country we continue to have this remarkable debate on this subject is amazing, but uh, if you can turn everything into a political argument, you know, that there's two sides to every story. <laughs> yes, George Washington, when he chopped down the cherry tree, considered two two sides to every story, and he changed his mind, and he told the truth. And that's why we need to bring back George Washington's birthday. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> President's Day just hasn't quite meant much in Even the post-Nixon years. A myth. You know. Right. Well, there are, you know, Joseph Campbell talks about this a lot. It's the function of mythology is to instill uh, goodwill and uh, collective uh, identity and so forth. So uh, these are noble lies, I guess, to tell children. Uh, it's the reality, of course, is neither black nor white, but murky gray. And uh, thus you listen to Gray Matters here on WCBN. Um just a quick comment about um, the quips that uh, Obama made. And I only heard bits and pieces what the media was basically focusing on. And, you know, I assume that he has uh, professional gag writers uh, write these. Uh, uh, but you have to wonder whether or not re Republicans in their desperation are going to uh, seek to exploit his uh, kind of casual offhand joke about uh, let's go to Iowa and make it official. Uh, the thing about, oh, Axelrod, you know, was there since the beginning and, you know, we're really close. And, uh, yeah, I feel strongly about you, too. Let's go to Iowa and make it official is the uh, the gag. And that's a funny gag. You know, sure. it's a good joke. It functions. But y you have to know that somewhere in Iowa is an angry Republican that I just been burned by that joke. And, you know, what sort of... Uh, uh, bizarre ill will might be uh, engendered by uh, what is generally a, a good-natured joke. I have to say that the uh, the quip about Cheney's book title is a good one uh, for listeners too young to remember Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It was a huge selling book uh, in the 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cheney's book title uh, is purported to be uh, how to shoot friends and uh, waterboard people. <laughs> so that would be actually, uh, sadly, an accurate working title. Yes, indeed. One wonders if Dick Cheney sported a V for Vendetta mask and showed up at a few <laughs> of the torture sessions himself with a ball and chain. Wearing his high-heeled uh, boots. <laughs> and a whip in, and a whip in one hand. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, Obama's obviously can get away with uh, this. Uh, the honeymoon is still on, and I think polls show that most Americans don't hold him accountable for the economic Indeed. problems uh, that we're all experiencing. Um, and he's not making light of anything like that. Uh, no, he's like not. Like Bush was in that you know very ill 
mean-spirited WMD, where are they joke. In other words, he's making light of the things that the media makes light of, like, uh, you know, joking around about completing his next 100 days in 72 and then saying on the 73rd, I I rested, right? You know, he's messianic and all that. No, oh, some 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 good jokes. Some good jokes. And I don't know if other countries have a similar tradition. I you know, many things that America does and has done are, uh, you know, to be criticized and sometimes severely. But I don't know of another national tradition that sort of affords a president an opportunity to crack wise and and be light. Yeah, and they even actually, uh, interestingly, have it right before the presidential election, in which they sort of make fun of one another. Yeah. Um, openly. And um, they did so again this past year. And uh, John McCain actually was delivered some brilliant lines in that instance. Um, humor is uh, necessary. It's a necessary antidote to counteract the troubles of our era and what goes on. For sure. Um, and we need more of it. Not more Dick Cheney. We need less of him. <laughs> he is humorless. Well, I remember just before uh, 9-11 uh, transpired that uh, Comedy Central had a show that was being done by the uh, the fellows who do South Park called That's My Bush. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a pretty savage attack. Not necessarily all that funny or well-written, but it just a, an explicit attack on... Uh, the moron uh, that is George W. Bush and his, you know, group of cronies and et cetera. And uh, the show was quickly yanked, of course, in the wake of uh, the events of September 11th. And one wonders if that might be a concept worth revisiting, uh, a sitcom involving Dick Cheney and uh, W. in their post-presidential years. Well, the weird thing was that on Friday I heard, and this is just a personal anecdote, but I may as well tell tell it just because it's so bizarre, but on Friday, I heard a movie a review of the new Star Trek movie, and I'd been re- I'd been reading a number of uh, books about the Bush administration, trying to wrap up the nonsense, get some closure on these clowns that have been ruining our, you know, killing the American dream in my book, and I just had the weirdest dream of. Star Trek and and the Cheney and and Bush administration in which you know Bush was Captain Kirk, Dick Cheney was Spock, Colin Powell was Bones, Condoleezza Rice was Uhura, <laughs> and Carl Rove was Scotty, and it was just the weirdest thing. You know they were trying to, you know, navigate Bush through the troubled waters because George Bush is the man of action, et cetera, right, et cetera. And Dick Cheney so. with his cold, ruthless yeah. logic, we must exterminate. Right. So it was it was about the Star Trek movie that apparently revisits the early years. It's a prequel. But well, uh, maybe Oliver Stone needs to uh, make either a prequel or a sequel and turn that W movie into a trilogy. Uh, the Cheney movie is a story just uh, rip-roaring to be told. Indeed. Well, on that uh, humorous note, we had better cut out. I'd like to uh, let listeners know, by the way, that there's a benefit uh, for Mimi Blanchard down at the uh, Firefly on Saturday evening. Uh, Mimi uh, is the mother of former general manager down here, Dolby Blanchard. Oh, yeah. And a number of local bands are appearing, uh, inclu- 